All right, thank you so much for standing. Please, um, or for praying, uh, you may go back to your seats. Let's go ahead and please and uh, take our... Here, here we go. All right, let's take our Bibles to Psalm 66. Psalm 66, and I invite you to stand as we read God's Word out of respect. If you just got in, we have been praying for a pastor who uh, is with Brother Justin out in the Philippines. Please be in prayer for them as they'll be coming back in just a few days. Be in prayer for their health and also for their travel. Look around you, please, to see if anyone has uh, uh, doesn't have a Bible. Would you share your Bible with them? As we read chapter number 66 of Psalms, we'll read verses 1 all the way down to the end of the chapter to verse number 20. And then uh, my goal is to get you out here early as I know you've had a very long day, and uh, thank you for being here in the house of God. Psalm 66, if you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible says to the chief musician, a song or psalm, make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name, make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves, Selah. O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidst our affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire, uh, through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Verse 13 says, I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered, and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings, which the, with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Selah, come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare when he, uh, what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Would you read verse number 19 and 24 with me, please? And we'll have a word of prayer. Let you be seated and we'll dive into our message. Verse number 19, all together, ready, begin. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Tonight our simple message will be entitled, Music to God's ears. Music to God's ears. Let's pray one more time and I'll let you be seated. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which speaks to our heart in such an intimate, practical, and powerful way. We pray, Lord, that you would search our hearts, that if there's anything that we need to change in order to be more like Jesus, may we commit that to you tonight. We pray, Lord, for brothers and sisters in Christ who have burdens, who have uh, trials and hardships that they're bearing right now. Lord, would you please... Uh, give him grace tonight that you would, would help him uh, carry that load. And we, we pray for victory uh, on their behalf. We pray, Lord, for Christians who may be struggling in their faith or maybe struggling with sin in their life. We pray that tonight 
You would challenge and confront them, but also, Lord, restore them back to fellowship with you. We pray, Lord, that you would bless the preaching of your word, glorify yourself through it. Please help me as I preach and teach uh, your word, that you would guide everything that I say and do, and may you be glorified through it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask all these things. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. I'm glad and I'm thankful that God gave us ears to hear with. Amen. Amen. God gave us two ears and one mouth. Now, some of us live like God gave us two mouths and one ear, right? But I'm thankful that God gave us ears. Could you imagine going throughout life without being able to hear? Could you imagine not being able to hear any sounds or noises and not being able to hear people's voices speak unto you. Now, some of you think like, man, that's a good deal, right? I have family members, I have classmates, coworkers that if I could just somehow tune out their voice or maybe noises that I hear, to you, do you think that that's an advantage? There are sounds that we hear often that can easily irritate us because they're awful when, when, when we hear them. How many of you guys hate the noise of scratching the chalkboard? Anybody hate that noise? Right? That's a terrible sound. How about uh, when you think about the noise of a violin maybe screeching when it's played off tune? That's a pretty awful sound there. How about the, the, the feedback from the frequency of a microphone or speakers? That's, an, uh, that's a bad noise. How about people talking with their mouth full? Right? That's an awful noise to listen to. How about the dentist with their drill? Right? You guys get scared about that? Those are noises that when we hear, we get irritated, we get scared. Those are noises and sounds that we do not want to hear. On the contrary, there are sounds and noises that are pleasant and joyful to us, and we get excited when we hear them. I think about a burger or a steak on a grill. Can I get an amen? When that sizzling, uh, you know, sound goes on and you know, and you get hungry and your stomach starts to growl. That's a pleasant sound to hear. How about the sound of engines revving? How many car, fa- uh, car fanatics do we have here, right? Engines, those eight cylinders, maybe even more, and you rev them, more motorcycles revving. Uh, those are exciting to some people. How about the ocean uh, waves? How many of you guys like to hear the ocean waves? Those are relaxing. Sometimes people play them on their phone or computer. How many of you guys like the sound of silence? Amen quietness, nobody talking, peace and serenity all to yourself. Well, what about God? Are there sounds that God, when he hears, God cringes? Are there noises that when God hears or voices when people speak that it irritates him? Are there sounds and noises that when God does hear them, he is pleased and he is delighted? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8, the Bible says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The Bible teaches us a clear principle regarding this message that I'll be preaching to you tonight. The prayers of the upright are music to God's ears. I'll say it again. The prayers of the upright are music to God's ears. Notice that the prayer that God delights in are specifically prayers from those who are upright. And by upright, what the Bible means is that somebody who is righteous, somebody who is within good standings with the Lord, it's somebody who when they live their life and how they pray and their faith, it's in with an agreeance to uh, the Lord and what God expects of that person. God delights in the prayer of the upright. And so when we think about that, I think of verse or first John chapter five, verse 14, where the Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. 
God delights and God enjoys hearing the prayers of the upright, the prayers of those who are righteous and those who pray with faith that is in agreement to the Lord. Those prayers are music to God's ears. And on the opposite side of this spectrum and this principle, there are people and there are prayers that when God hears them, they are rather not a delight, but rather they are an abomination and those prayers are left unanswered or unheard. You say, what kind of prayers are those? Well, we think about just a means of introduction, prayers that are fleshly. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 3, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your loss. The Bible teaches us that when you pray selfish prayers, or when you are uh, uh, selfish, and when you are self-centered in how you pray and what you ask for, God says those prayers will be left unheard or unanswered. We think about prayers that are formal. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus Christ told the disciples, how to pray and he says when thou prayest thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the streets that they may be seen of men verily i say unto thee they have their reward but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet and when thou shut thy door pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which is in secret shall reward thee openly now notice what he says in verse number seven but when ye pray Use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they that uh, for they think they they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, formality is not something that you want to have describing your prayer life. When you just pray the same words and your words are without uh, intimate meaning and your words are not expressed with devotion and passion and faith. And, you know, really, our prayers don't have to have a lot of words in them, but they have to have a lot of faith. And so when we come to church or when we pray in our private in our privacy, but our prayers are repetitive and they're vain and they're formal, God says those prayers will not be heard or answered. And then we think about prayers that are faithless. Jesus said in Matthew 21, verses 21 and 22, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye, ask, ye shall ask in prayer, notice this, believing ye shall receive. Have you ever prayed a prayer that you in your heart knew that you had a hard time believing God would answer that prayer? Where you already, as you're praying, or even before you began to speak to God in your heart, you already battled and struggled with doubt. And God says, if you are praying with doubt, it's not going to get answered. But if you pray believing and having faith, God delights in those prayers. If our prayers are fleshly and selfish, or if our prayers are formal and vain, if our prayers are faithless and doubtful, then God is not pleased. But when we pray according to Psalm chapter 66 then God delights in our prayers. Here in chapter number 66 of the book of Psalms, we read almost a prayer page to where we learn the types of prayers that God delights to hear in. Tonight we're going to study four types of prayers that are like music to God's ears. Music to God's ears. Are you with me tonight? Let's study these four types of prayers. Number one is you're taking notes. Notice for me the first prayer that God delights in, that sounds like music to his ears, is the prayer of adoration. Would you look again in verses 1 and following? The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible or how majestic and great art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name 
Selah. The prayer of adoration. Now, are you someone who is easily amazed or are you someone who is difficult to impress? Sometimes you think about kids and, you know, it's the innocence of kids. It's just amazing how how impressed they, how easily they, uh, impressed they are. You think about they go to Costco and they're like, man, this is the best place in the world, right? And some adults get excited when they go to Costco, right? I, I would care not, you know, I'd prefer not to be in Costco with all the lines and all that stuff. But it's just amazing. Some adults, some children get so excited when they go to certain places, things that they see, uh, maybe sceneries that they have, or maybe even performances of athletes. You think about uh, the sports of basketball and just people are able to dunk, you know? Sometimes... I just watch basketball and I just imagine myself, man, I wish I was able to do that, right? I wish I was able to dunk and do all those abilities. You think about the Olympics and the stuff that they're able to do and just the athleticism that they have. It's amazing. And when you think about that, it's easy to be impressed with something that you can't do as you watch other people do it. But when you consider about God, really, there is nothing and no one that even comes close to God's personality, that comes close to God's uh, uh, ability Notice with me, first and foremost, his powerful capability. I think about kids who, who, who go up to each other and they say, you know, who's your favorite superhero? And they say, no, I like Batman. Or maybe, you know, Superman's the best. And they say, I like, uh, you know, I like Iron Man or whoever it is. And when you think about superpowers, you know, if, unless you have it, you know, really, in reality, no one has superpowers. But you think about God. And the capability that he possesses, you think about his power that is unmatched. No one matches up to who God is and what God can do. No one comes close in comparison to who God is. The Bible teaches us that there's no one stronger than God. No one is smarter than God. No one is more powerful than God. No one is like God. He stands alone by himself. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. He ordained the laws of heaven. The Bible teaches us that he created the universe into existence. The Bible teaches us that God spoke and there was light and God breathed and there was life. God said and it came to be. Again, I remind you that no one compares to God. He is great and all-powerful. I think about what the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 40. The Bible says, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in the measure and weighed the mountains in scales? He says in the hills in the balance, Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord? Or being his counselor hath taught him with whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a, of a bucket and are counted as a small dust out of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn nor the, uh, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. The Bible says all nations before him as are, is as nothing. And they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will you liken unto God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? Folks, can I remind you tonight that we ought to be amazed at the God that we call Savior? God is powerful in all his capabilities. Are you amazed by what God can do? Are you amazed at the things that God has already done in your life? Listen, it would do us well to walk down memory lane and just to count the blessings that we've had from God in the year 2017 and even in the first few months of 2018 and and just say, God, you've been so good here and God, you proved yourself strong here and God, you are mighty and you're working here. I'm telling all of us tonight just to be reminded of his powerful capability. But then with his capability, we notice his perfect character. Everything that God does 
is within the boundary of his perfect character. You know, I'm thankful that when you think about God, he does not abuse his power. You know, I was, uh, I'm the middle child and sometimes I'd like to pick on my little brother. How many of you guys have little siblings? Can I see your hand? How many of you guys make it your daily mission to make their life miserable? Can I see your hand? Some of you? All right, you and me, Brother Williams, we're together there, all right? Some of you guys are like, I'm not going to raise my hand. I don't want to confess that sin tonight, right? I enjoyed picking my little brother. I was stronger and taller than him, and now he is taller and stronger than me, right? And I'm just hoping that he doesn't remember the stuff that I did to him. And I'm thankful that with his power, he doesn't abuse that. You know, power in the wrong hands can be very frightening. But God doesn't do that to us. Everything, listen to me, everything that God is able to do, he performs within his perfect character. God is holy and righteous in every way. God is pure in his motives. He is pure in his actions. The Bible teaches us that God is always good. He does not sin. God makes no mistakes. The Bible teaches us God doesn't cause any accidents. He cannot fail. He does not fail and he will not fail. God is perfect in everything that he is and everything that he does. Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the hearts of the contrite ones. Tonight, are you amazed at the God you call Savior? Are you, may, are you amazed at the God that you sang hymns to tonight? Are you amazed at the God that you follow and serve and live for? Are you amazed at God? I think about what David said in Psalm 18. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. You know, we struggle in life with problems that come unexpectedly. Things that arise that we did not prepare for. And sometimes if we're not careful, we look at this uh, sudden problem in this situation in our life that overwhelms our spirit and our attitude. And all of a sudden we think that this problem is too big, too, too strong and too difficult to deal with. It's, it's not possible for this to be restored. It's not possible for this to uh, follow through well. And you think about the problems that you have in your life and you say, man, is this even bearable? You know, if we would just simply focus and remind ourselves about the greatness of God, it would save us from a lot of doubt, insecurities, and fear. The reason why people lose sleep and the reason why people uh, struggle with doubt and the reason why people have anxieties and they worry in life is not because their problem's too big, but it's because they've forgotten how great and big God is. And tonight, some of you just need to remind yourself through a prayer of adoration and say, God, you're so big. I don't really have to worry about this problem here because it's not too hard for you to solve. God, I I, I just want to thank you for how strong and how mighty you are because without you, I can't bear this burden in my life. I want to help us be reminded tonight that we need to consistently pray the prayer of adoration. Every time my wife calls me and she says, hey, Erwin, I need your help. I don't straddle the fence and take my time. I want to show up as fast as I could like Superman. I said, yes, (laughs) at your service, ma'am, right? 
That bottle, I can open that bottle for you. Anything that you need, I can do for you. Why? Because I enjoy showing my wife that I love helping her. And how sad that a Christian can oftentimes live through life trying to carry their own burdens when there's a God waiting for them to call in his name saying, hey, if you would only pray to me, if you would only call on my name, I'm ready to help you. I'm ready to give you strength. I'm ready to get you through that trial. I'm ready. I'm here. Just call on my name. Are you praying the prayer of adoration? But then secondly, we find the prayer of appreciation. Notice verse number five. He says, come and see the works of God. You ever see your friends or your children and they call their friends and say, hey, hey, I found something. Come over here. I, I see something. Come over here. This is so awesome. And you're like, what is it? It's a dead ant, right? It's like the, the most small, unimportant thing in their life, but they get so excited about it. You know, the psalmist said here is, hey, God has done so much in my life. I want everybody to see. I want us to give the prayer of appreciation. Unfortunately, that can't be said of our society today, can it? Our society today, the younger generation that follows behind us, is a generation that is often unthankful. Even today, adults think that they are entitled to much more than what they have. And it breeds within them an attitude of entitlement and it leads to discontentment. Can I encourage all of us tonight to not wait until something is gone before we thank God for it? We have to first and foremost be thankful for the gifts. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Just this past week, I was out at Pennsylvania preaching for the teen retreat for their uh, teen ministry and then was able to preach Sunday night. And I, I think about the Sunday morning message that I was listening to. The pastor, Pastor Wendell, preach a really good message in the holy spirit and he he gave us a a challenge about thankfulness in that sermon and he he made a quote that uh, really was just so convicting he said this if god took away everything that you hadn't thanked him for today what would you be left with what would you have left in your possession if god removed the things you took for granted Would you still have your car? Would you still have a bed? Would you still have a home and a roof over your head? Would you still have clothes to wear if you haven't thanked God for the things that he has given you? And if God was to remove all the things you didn't thank him for yet, what would be left in your possession? Would you still have your family? Would you still have your health? Would you still have your children? Or parents, hey, if God took away what you haven't thanked him for yet, would you still have your salvation? We're an unthankful people if we think about it. Take a lot of things for granted. We live like, yep, I deserve this, I deserve that, this belongs to me, no one else should have this, this is mine. When God says every good gift, perfect gift cometh from above. We need to be thankful for the gifts, but ultimately the Bible teaches us that we need to be thankful 
for the giver. You see, the gift is merely a reflection of the giver. The blessing is merely a reflection of the bestower. The provision merely reflects the provider. Psalm 68, 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. 1 Samuel 12, 24, Only fear the Lord God and serve Him with truth with all your heart. Why? For consider how great things He hath done for you. Folks, we need to be thankful, not merely for the gifts that we have and the blessings that we own, but we need to be thankful for for a mighty God. Amen. We need to be thankful for the God who gives. We need to be thankful for the provider of our lives. Keep your eyes on God. You know, heaven will be a glorious place. When you think about the streets of gold, the pearly gates, the mansions for the believers, the streams that are flowing and the rivers, heaven is a glorious place. But heaven is glorious not because of those things. If all of those were gone and heaven still had God, that's why heaven would be glorious. And if you look at your life right now, if you don't have the cars that you have, or maybe you don't have the house that you live in, if you don't have the family members that you used to have or the job that you used to work at, if you don't have the health that you used to enjoy, but you still have God. Boy, that's enough. Amen. Have you prayed the prayer of appreciation lately? It's music to God's ears. We see the prayer of adoration. We see the prayer of appreciation. And then last or thirdly rather, we see the prayer of alteration. He says in verse number 13. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows. You know, they tithe and offered sacrifices in the Old Testament. means that we should still do it today. Amen. Bible says in verse 14, which my lips have uttered, my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the increase of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats, selah. Now notice verse 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I will declare what he has done for my soul. The prayer of alteration. The prayer of alteration is a prayer of revival. It displays, it displays an attitude of complete submission to God's control. Oftentimes we pray for problems to be changed. Sometimes we'll pray for people to be changed. But do we pray to God to change us? What's the last thing that you prayed God to change in your life so that you would look more like Jesus? You know, in our Baptist circles, we, not just Baptists, but Christian circles have had a struggle with the terms predestination and election. Some have gone to the extreme of thinking that predestination election refers to salvation. That they think, which is wrong, they think that God predestines or elects certain people and individuals to go to heaven or go to hell. Some will be elected to get saved and some will be elected to be lost. But that is unbiblical. I said that's unbiblical. God does not choose who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. That is not true. Predestination and election is rather a term 
given for those who are saved. It means that when you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you have asked Jesus to save you, you have then been placed in this process of predestination or election, which is called sanctification and glorification. It means that the goal of predestination and election is for believers to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's what election is predestination is about. Therefore, one of the most important prayers that we need to constantly pray is to pray this, Lord, change me to be more like Jesus. Parents, and I'm looking across this room tonight and I'm looking at some of the best parents that I know and I don't mean that lightly. Kat and I look up to you and how we want to pattern the way that we parent our child and we're encouraged to see many godly examples in this room. But it's one thing to be an example to other Christians. It's another thing to be an example to your own children. It's one thing to be seen in public, but it's one thing to be seen in the privacy of your own homes. Can I ask you, parents, do your children see Jesus in you? Can I ask all the children here tonight? Do your parents see Jesus in you? What a, what a convicting thought, especially for those who have unsaved relatives. Folks, this world doesn't need more of us. It needs more of Jesus. And when God hears the prayer of a young believer, maybe they've been saved for a long time, maybe they've been saved just recently, and they're praying here, and they said, Lord, change me so that at my work, my, my co-workers will see Christ, at school, my classmates and teachers will see Christ, that my lost relatives will hear and see Jesus through me. Lord, change me. Prayer of alteration. I think about what the psalmist says. He says in Psalm chapter 119 and verse number 126, it's time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Habakkuk the prophet said, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and I was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. And when I think about people who prayed for revival and prayed for alteration in their own spiritual lives, I think about three specific individuals and I don't have time to read their prayers. I might skim through them, but notice to me the prayer of Daniel. Daniel there in Babylon was placed on a pedestal. He was placed in a position of influence. And he wanted to make sure that when people looked at his life, not only would the Babylonians, but that the Israelites would understand the importance of being spiritual and the importance of living for God. In their distress, he said, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. He says in verses 17 and following, Now therefore, O our God, Hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. Oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes and behold our desolations in the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Daniel prayed a prayer of revival. Ezra prayed for revival. 
He says in his writings in the book of Ezra, chapter 9, verse 8, And now for a little space, grace has been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Nehemiah was a cupbearer in Shushan the palace. And when Nehemiah heard report about what happened in Jerusalem, the walls, he said in verse number 7 of chapter 1, we have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations, but... If you return unto me and keep my commandments and do them, thou there were, though thou uh, there were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, yet I will gather them from thence and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set thy name great. Now these are thy servant and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, here is this prayer. I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name, and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer, Nehemiah. Daniel and Ezra prayed for revival. When's the last time you prayed revival for yourself? Are you praying for God to alter you spiritually? We see the prayer of adoration, the prayer of appreciation, The prayer of alteration. And then lastly, verses 18 and following. We find the last prayer, which is the prayer of admission. The psalm is said again in verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. I enjoy eating good barbecue. Amen? Amen. With a lot of sauce. A lot of spices. I like good barbecue. The problem is when you eat barbecue, there's a lot of things that get stuck in your teeth. So it's not really something that you want to eat when people are taking pictures or when you're out with a special date. Especially if you're just courting and dating. You don't want to have like a black pepper sticking out and stuff like that. Sometimes when you talk and there's something stuck between a person's teeth and they're trying to talk to you, you're like, what was that? What? 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 That's why you got to do the five second, you know, not the five second, what is that? That's when the floor or the food drops on the floor. You just got to check your teeth once in a while is what I'm trying to say, okay? However fast or however soon you, you need to just do that, okay? You ever prayed a prayer to God and you're trying to get God's attention? Say, Lord, I need you to answer this. God, I need your help in this situation. I need wisdom. I need direction. God, I I just need you right now. Help me. And God says, I'm sorry, what was that? I, I didn't hear you. There's something that is distracting me. You, you haven't taken care of that sin. You've been trying to hide something from me. You haven't made that right with your spouse. You haven't made that right with your siblings. You still have that sin hidden and unconfessed. I'm simply asking you tonight, what sin have you left unconfessed? 
The Bible teaches us in Isaiah 59, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. But then could you imagine God? The delight that he hears when he hears his children confess sin. We see that this prayer of admission is important for a steady fellowship. I'm thankful you can't lose your salvation. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Once you have life, you will always have eternal life. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ has placed us not only in his hand, but is in his father's hand. And no man is able to pluck him out of his hand. The Bible teaches us that uh, those who have been born again will always be in the family of God. I was out uh, preaching a winter retreat for some teenagers and a guy was working in this teenager whose name is Clay. He was invited by one of his friends and, and the, for the first time he, he went to the church meetings and he, or he went to the teen activity. And uh, I just remember preaching on, on Thursday night and he rose his hand for salvation and, and didn't respond during the invitation uh, and waited till Friday night. And I gave again the invitation and preached. And I remember Friday night just trembling. I mean, he was shaking and broken in the spirit. I, I asked him and led him to uh, uh, salvation prayer uh, during the invitation. He rose his hand saying, I prayed this prayer. And I said, afterwards, come to me if you made this decision. He, out of his seat, just got up out of the invitation after the service was dismissed. He made a beeline straight to me. And he said, Brother Irwin, I got saved tonight. Amen. Got saved tonight. And I took him to John chapter 10 and I said, you know what? No one is able to pluck you out of the Father's hand. And the delight that he saw from those two verses. And I told him, listen, this is not a license for you to do whatever you want. You can't just keep on sinning now that you're saved. The Bible says in Romans chapter number, what is that, chapter number 10, is it? Shall we continue? Or no, chapter number 6. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. The reality is all of us has a tendency of putting sins that we commit off. And we neglect and pretend that they didn't exist. But God says, you know what? If you want to have a steady fellowship with me, you need to confess that sin. You need to confess your sin. The Bible teaches us that he has made provision for that moment of confession. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen: He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Don't wait for your sins to be unconfessed. Uh, uh, confess your sins immediately. Get right with God right away. David's prayer of confession in Psalm 51. Took him over nine months to pray. Could you imagine that? Nine months. Over nine months before he got right with God. Tonight, I don't know what sin have, that you've hidden or maybe sins that you're holding on to that you have left unconfessed. But tonight, would you pray that prayer of admission? And tonight, if you're not saved, we think about what Romans 9, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says. 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is needed for steady fellowship, but the prayer of admission is also needed for saving faith. If you're not saved tonight, Jesus wants you to pray that prayer. He wants you to come to him and accept him as a personal savior. Listen, you're not going to be saved by going through church. You're not, getting, you're not going to be saved by being a good person or by getting baptized or by giving money. The only way that you get saved is through Jesus Christ. A prayer of admission that you say, Lord, I cannot save myself, but I believe that only through Jesus Christ my sins can be forgiven, heaven can be my home, and salvation can be received. Have you prayed that prayer tonight? Prayer is music to God's ears. If God listened to your prayers the past 24 hours, let's make it the last week. Would he be delighted in your prayers? When you get on your knees or when you're praying in the privacy of your heart, does he say your prayers are like music to his ears? We see the prayer of adoration, the prayer of appreciation, the prayer of alteration, and the prayer of admission. Music to God's ears. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, thank you for tonight, and we pray that you'd help us to not forget your word tonight, but may it ring in our hearts, may it stir us and change us and draw us closer to you. Help everybody here, Lord, to not worry about the person beside them, but Lord, to just assess their spiritual lives in a very transparent and honest way. God, if there's anybody here who needs to get right with you or who needs to confess sin, Lord, would you work in their hearts that they would do that tonight? If anybody's not saved, Lord, we pray that they'd get saved tonight. If you're here with your head bowed and eyes closed, I'd like to ask a few questions as we get ready for invitation. Say, Brother Irwin, I have not been adoring God enough. I haven't been praising Him enough. I haven't been thanking Him enough how good he's been to me but tonight i want to get that right i want to pray tonight prayers of adoration and prayers of appreciation if that's you tonight can i pray for you would you raise your hand thank you i see that hand tonight maybe you're here and you say brother Owen, i need to pray the prayer of alteration i haven't been praying for god to change me and conform me into the image of christ but tonight I want God to change me so that I'd be more like Jesus. If that's you tonight, can I pray for you? Anybody like that? Thank you. Thank you. Lastly, tonight, I want to ask this. If you're here tonight and say, I need to pray the prayer of admission. There's sin in my life that I need to get right. I need to confess it and pray it to God that he would forgive me tonight. If that's you, can I pray for you? Thank you. I see those hands. Anybody here tonight say you're not saved. You don't know for sure that you're going to heaven. But you want to ask God to save you tonight. You want to pray that prayer of admission. If that's you tonight, would you raise your hand? I'd like to pray for you. Anybody at all? All right, as the piano plays, I invite you to stand on your feet. Come forward. Some people have already made it their way to the altar. Let's stand to our feet tonight with your head bowed and eyes closed. You could pray there in your seat, turned around, come to the altar. Is your prayer like music to God's ears? Have you been adoring God and appreciating the things that he's given to you and done for you? When you pray, is it music to God's ears? Are you praying to God that he would alter the way that you live? 
the convictions that you have, the pattern of your thoughts so that you would be more like Jesus Christ? Are you praying for God to conform you into the image of Jesus? Are there sins tonight that you need to get right and confess to God? Pray tonight. Let your prayers tonight be like music to God's ears. There's no rush tonight. It's just you and God. Whatever business you have with the Lord, you make that business done tonight. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Pray with each other. Do business with the Lord. Some are still praying. Lord, tonight we are so thankful for your word and thank you for this chapter in the book of Psalms. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and the responsibility of prayer. I think about what your word says in Hebrews chapter number 4 where we come to your throne with boldness to obtain grace and mercy in time of need. Lord, help us to pray and more importantly, help, help our prayers to be like music to your ears. We pray for those who rose their hand and said they needed to pray for alteration and revival in their life, would you answer that tonight? For those who have confessed sins, Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and just of forgiving us of our sins. Restore fellowship tonight. Help us, Lord, every day to pray the prayer of adoration and appreciation. Lord, that you would be glorified by how amazed we are with you. Dismiss us with your blessings. We pray for the request that we had gone over in our prayer page. We pray for Pastor and Brother Justin. Keep them safe as they travel back. We pray that you protect them. We pray for Mrs. Regina Farrell. Lord, that you touch her body. Remove the cancer. Help, Lord, the treatments to work. And we pray that you'd use this trial in their life of, of hardship, Lord, of drawing people closer to you and gospel opportunities. And we pray that you would bless them for that. We pray for Tita Shirley again, that you would help her with her sickness and bronchitis, that you'd heal her. Dismiss us with your blessings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.